Hey all you creeps out there, time for another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. In this one, I have my buddy Tim Price here. He hasn't been on the show before, but he's been on my Brave and the Bob show, and he is a huge Jim Apparel fan, so he's coming on to talk about the second installment of the Spectre in Adventure Comics with me. Uh, we have a real good time with this one, and it's really super creepy, and of course, fantastic artwork by none other than Jim Aparo. So everybody, uh, get ready. After the break, we're going to dive right in. When most people think of L.A., they think of the bright lights and glamour of Hollywood. But those lights cast dark shadows. Shadows that hide even darker secrets. My name is Corrigan. I'm a cop, and I have a few secrets of my own. No, I haven't seen anything suspicious. I'm surveying the area now. We have the crime scene cordoned off. Yes, sir. Signs of explosives. We're running a trace already. You weren't assigned this case, Corrigan. What gives? Don't worry, Bryce. I won't take credit. Got a call from a friend. Jim, thank God you're here. They killed my father, Jim. They killed him. We'll find out who did this. Can you think of anyone who would want your father dead? Dad had as many enemies as he did fans. Everybody was jealous of him. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And I am here with a returning guest to, well, not this show, but plenty of my other shows, uh, Mr. Tim Price. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I can't believe I'm on yet another one of your shows. Uh, how how's my bingo card going? <laughs> you're getting there. I mean, this is uh, you know, your 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 third time recording with me. We've done some uh, brave and the bold uh, recordings, which were hilarious and great. Oh yeah, those uh, those were so fun. Yeah, nothing really funny about this comic we're going to talk about today, though. Unless you're like you know into murder, you know. <laughs> well, you know, we. <laughs> You you find the funny where you can, but mm -hmm. one one at least through line between all those is the Jim Apero artwork. So we've had that mm. as definitely a through line for talking with me. So and I and I that's you know a big part of I think why you asked me for this one and also why it's like mm -hmm. heck yeah I'm on board, heck mm -hmm. to the yeah I am on board with this one. Yeah, it's been a while since I uh, recorded about this series. I want to do all ten issues that are uh, in this little uh, series here, this little run of stories mm -hmm. about the specter in adventure comics and i've already talked to uh, the first issue number uh, adventure comics number 431 with our uh, uh mutual uh, compadre uh shag <laughs> Ooh, nice yeah back in the halloween times and i'm just kind of getting back to it now which i didn't want to take this long to get back to it but uh, i took some time off around the holidays from recording so i here we are well and i appreciated that because i needed time off in the holidays as well it's been mm -hmm. a it's been a thing. We all know it's been a thing. Yeah, the last two years have been not a whole lot of fun, but, you know, here we are. We're coming out <laughs> on the other side of it, hopefully, here. And uh, we're on the other side of the holidays as well, just in time for a Valentine's comic. I mean, uh, no, sorry, this isn't a Valentine's comic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a straight-up comic that's eh, got some horror elements, some noir elements to it. But, yeah, Adventure Comics 432, cover dated March, April. 1974, but I think uh, the on-sale date was right before New Year's in 1973. So what's your kind of history mm. with Adventure Comics and uh, basically the Spectre? 
Well, let's see. For Adventure Comics, uh, you asked me to read this issue. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. And that's a funny thing. I guess I really don't have much history with Adventure Comics as a series itself. I might have read stories that were printed in here as reprints in other places, but I haven't done any research to see what ones they would have been. Um, but, you know, all sorts of characters appeared in adventure comics. So odds are that something showed up in a reprint other places that I've come across or, you know, used to have back in the day. Yeah, Because, gosh, you know, the series started back in the 30s and mm -hmm. the 40s. And I was blown away just for glancing at it that the last issue was in 1983. My goodness. I had no idea that the series still went uh, was going into the 80s. I'm not surprised that it did not make it to crisis. I'm not surprised at that because, you know, by that point, the anthology sort of format was going away. The only things left with even the name comics by that point were action comics and detective comics. And we all mm -hmm. know that those are Superman and Batman's books. So that's all there is there. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot with adventure. Now the Spectre um, is another character where I didn't have a whole lot of history with him, but I, you know, came across him mostly in JLA appearances here and there um, and the crossovers when he would pop up uh, in the big crossover events. Um, but I was a big fan of the John Ostrander series with Tom Mandrake. Mm. That, that was in the nineties, I believe. Yeah, that was in the nineties. Um, and that was a really, you know, fascinating series and kind of got inside the specter's head um and uh, especially jim corrigan it's like as much as you can get inside the head of a ghost but that's exactly what <laughs> they did uh, i mean that, that series was just um had great stories visually gorgeous and you know really evoked the kind of things we're going to see in this issue of the specter um so i really i really dug that and i, I had a great time with that i mean you know just not to harp out that series too much, but you know, issue number 12, when we see what the specter looks like with his hood pulled back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's that is peak comics moment. I gotta say it, it was, it, it's something that should not have surprised me and still did because they executed it so well. Uh, mm -hmm. So I love that, but it's been fun that, um, in 2022, I was having my reading project of a JLA a day, issue so i ran to the specter there a few times and then yeah. to finish off the year because i had a few months to go after i finished volume one of jla i went back in time and read all-star comics with their justice society mm. issues at least the ones that were on dcu infinite they they don't have all of them so they're not really infinite it's the dcu finite um that's <laughs> true but yeah so there was some specter in there as well um the take on the Spectre there, I'm sure, was very accurate for how he appeared in his own comics in that time. And there's noticeable differences in how you write the Spectre back in the 40s versus how you wrote him in this issue in the 70s. My goodness, there's things to talk <laughs> about there. Because um, mm -hmm. yeah, that Spectre was just basically, you know, one of the guys. Yes, he's a ghost who fights for justice. Um, it's, but now we have the ghost who fights for vengeance, little different take. 
Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, back in the golden age, he was just like, you know, just the Spectre all the time running around and helping out the JSA and that all that kind of stuff. But now mm-hmm. he's basically... It's basically, you know, his, uh, it's the alter ego and the, the guy, Jim Corrigan, he's a cop, you know, he kind of, you know, reminds you of just like a regular detective, you know, at a, a police uh, station. And he's always like getting into these crazy, uh, investigations about crimes about, you know, murder and this and that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. at one point he thinks, yeah, I think I know who's doing these crimes instead of arresting them. I think I'll just, you know, turn into the specter and, uh, brutally murder these guys. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so that's basically what he does <laughs> it's also kind of fun that i just thought of how there's like parallels between how this looks and how johnny blaze the ghost writer is depicted in the same era mm. yeah. you know johnny is very much a down-to-earth motorcycle guy but he turns into the ghost writer and he's all sinister and vengeance again that spirit of vengeance thing yeah same deal um, it's just in that, that bronze age take and that, that like how you're talking about this being bronze age, bronze age comics, that same kind of take of the duality, uh, which also makes their horror slash, um, uh, powered side even more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it's, it, uh, it starts uh, right off with the cover here. You know, we have our uh, buddy uh, Jim mm-hmm. Aparo here, who we both uh, adore. And uh, yes. this cover is something else. It basically depicts, uh, it looks like a murder has just taken place. A guy in like a black bodysuit that has a, a red uh, utility belt, a la Batman. And he has a smoking pistol. <laughs> and there's uh, another gentleman face down in what looks like a little river or creek. And the specter... Uh, the way Jim Aparo did it, where it's like he's almost like coming up out of the water, wraith-like, and uh, standing over this guy. And wow, does that look creepy? What do you think of this cover? It is pretty amazing. It is very just a great Jim Aparo cover. Um, I love your your notes on it so far, and it's like it's so funny. It's like you're the the killer wearing the whole black bodysuit. You go to all that trouble, and you still wear a different colored belt. You're not really thinking it through, are you? <laughs> not very stealthy. <laughs> no, 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 not very stealthy. And um, our killer has his goggles on, but we still get the Jim Aparo surprise lines from his eyes from seeing the specter. <laughs> I love Jim Aparo surprise surprise lines. They're just mm-hmm. the best. I, I live for those. Uh, but there's so much detail. It's um, deceptive how much detail is on this cover. You know, the, we got the tree and the mountains in the background that kind of are ethereal themselves and sort of fading away. They're, you know, it's not like they're given transparency or anything. It's just there's an unearthly quality about them. And it mm-hmm. extends to the parts in the front where like the mistiness that's going by the whole scene, like in front of the tree uh, trunk that's in the lower right um, and even across the body of our killer it looks like it's pieces of the specter himself just or or it's mist from the river you don't really know which is which and this probably the, that's the point is that mm-hmm. the specter is like forming himself out of the mist of the river um, and like his bottom half is very wavy and misty and it slowly solidifies until his uh, full form from his waist up um, and just his hands are just with those green gloves are in very interesting hand positions 
I mean, it's not like it's a, it's not like fists. There's like an open fingers to them. And that's a lot of work to yeah. go there. And it looks amazing to just pick that pose. It's like just great stuff. Uh, and you know, then there's the, the big adventure comics logo and banner that like takes up the top third of the whole cover, which is almost a crime <laughs> that we don't get to see more artwork because of how the big burgundy background of the banner and then the letters of adventure comics. I mean, the logo for adventure comics is actually pretty nice. I will say I like the lettering on it. I like the font mm-hmm. that they use for it. Um, and then it's like the little at the top, the specter returns way at the top in like a, with like a, a aqua blue background to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just to get his, just to make his point, Apero still makes the specter's head come up over the banner at the top. So he's starting <laughs> to cross over that part there. It's like, Oh, that's just so good. Just so mm-hmm. good. You could, this, this cover is so creepy. Uh, I, I, you could see this on the wall. You could see this hanging this on the wall. Oh Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's an incredible cover. But honestly, I expect nothing less from Joe Apparel. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much what I come to expect when I know he's doing artwork on the cover, interiors, whatever. I always expect it to be super moody, detailed, and uh, you know, just very uh, a lot of wow factor to it because that's that's who he was, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so why don't we? Uh, oh yeah, and the guy on the cover he reminds me of uh, Snake Eyes from GI Joe. I just thought of that a couple. Of <laughs> That's who he kind of looks like, like a black suit like he had on, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe maybe that is him. Uh, <laughs> Probably I mean, not. Uh, for, I, don't, I don't think so. Wrong universe. No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, speak, well, I mean, because speaking of that, speaking of wrong universe, um, so this takes place on Earth 2, right? Because um, this is the Spectre. I'm not sure where these take place. I think they're in their own little, <laughs> in little universe. That was that was something that uh, in the first uh, issue coverage when I talked with uh, Shag about that uh, issue 431, we talked about a couple of interesting things. And one of the things was, where does this take place? We have no clue just because at some point during this series, it's either on a mm. television or there's a mention of a reporter named Clark Kent. So that kind uh-huh. of uh, really throws things, throws a bit of a wrench in things because otherwise they, they don't talk mm-hmm. about anybody or anything to do with the DC universe, any DC universe I'm aware of in this. It's just like, it's almost like in its own little pocket universe, which is cool too. I mean, that that's fine by me because it's all about the specter and what he's going to do to the bad guys anyway. So you really don't need mm-hmm. it to be in any assigned universe, right? No, it, it absolutely does not need to be, but you know, if you're going to have comic book nerds like myself read your comic, you're going to make me ask the question <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, they've made a out. point. They've made a point of clarifying it in other books. So why shouldn't I expect that, you know, in, in this book as well? Now, now I'm curious. I'm going to go take a quick look. Um, ooh, we're st- I, yeah. All-star comics, the rebirth, uh, the return hasn't quite started yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would That's be another place. Off yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a, um, more of a factor of if there was a, the, both of them happening at the same time, you would really need to know, well, this is the justice society and, and specters, a member of the justice society. So these stories are on earth two then, right? <laughs> Unless he makes a point that he'd go on the earth one. Now, of course we all know the specter can travel between the universes. However he wants, obviously. 
I mean, that's, that's like a no brainer, but, you know, wanting to, and, you know, the factor of Jim Corrigan actually working crime in a particular earth, that's seems relevant. It seems mm-hmm. like it's an important factor, but it's just, so it's a fun, it just, it's a fun exercise because it's part of the DCU. We are part in the DCU. This is a DC character, which it's, a, it's fine for us to think about it just for the fun of it. Um, I'm not going to, it does not really matter to me in terms of enjoying the story. It really doesn't. I, but I just can't, I like the mental exercise just for the heck of it. <laughs> well, I don't like mental exercise. I like keeping things as, you know, easy to figure out as like a five-year-old. <laughs> you don't, you don't like getting a nice little brain sweat? Nice little, you know, feel the synapses burn. It's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, this one is called <laughs> The Anguish of the Spectre. So uh, the splash page, I absolutely oh, yeah. love Speaking here. Of brain Again, burning. Yeah, this is incredible. And I also love, especially they did this mm-hmm. a lot during the 70s, you know, Marvel and DC, they would always have like a uh, a little caption box and it would sometimes be quoting Shakespeare or just saying something very mm-hmm. eloquent mm-hmm. here. So this one says, uh, in the world of mortal men, he is Jim Corrigan, hard-boiled police detective. But to the vermin of the underworld, he is the specter, awesome avenger of evil, an earthbound ghost who punishes evil with a fearsome vengeance from beyond the grave. Join us now for the anguish of the specter. And uh, we jump right in here, right? It shows kind of him again coming out of the water, it looks like maybe. And uh, there's three guys now in the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the snake eye suits. But, oh, I forgot to mention, I'm sorry, the script, uh, Michael Fleischer. And then here was something I wasn't, I thought I knew, but I kind of forgot. And Shag reminded me as well. Uh, art continuity. Mm-hmm. It says Russell Carley. And I forgot anything to do with that so i think what he explained was this guy was like almost like a co-plotter with michael fleischer and then sometimes he would do like okay yeah he would do like breakdowns of artwork as well for the artist like almost like a a kind of a rough Mm. draft with the art as well and then the artist would come in and go Mm. nuts so that's what that guy's all about yeah and then we have the art you know wholesale is jim apparel and letters by jim apparel as well and editor joe orlando so all right back to this splash page what do you think here uh, I think that when you were reading this one, you made it pretty much uh, called your shot because I think you sent it to me in in uh, Twitter right away. It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this splash page. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> and, uh, and I got to say, it's like, man, it is hard to pick this splash page over the cover because, oh, my gosh, they they both have. I mean, they're similar, but they're very different takes on kind of the same scene. Mm-hmm. Um and oh yeah, it is hella spooky. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, even getting to the, like I I like to just mention the background and the scenes, the the scenery that Apparel puts in here, like these stark trees that are in the background, the moon um, glaring, tree roots bursting out from the ground in front of you, just looking all creepy as heck. Um, but the three bad guys are just like there's a yell of yeah. Right in, <laughs> in lettering right down there. It's like, oh, I don't blame them. And then the specter just now here's like the specter's like a green mist. It's like, oh, that's even that's even spookier. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a good green to look unsettled and a sickening feeling. So mm-hmm. and the specter's face is just like he is so angry. He's pissed. <laughs> he yeah. is so angry in this face. It's like, oh, you do not want to mess with them. And uh, yes, of course, there are are no surprise lines 
coming from faces. So yes, they're, they're earning it. Um, yeah, he's very I'm, ethereal so, on this one. And so compared uh, to the, even more so than the cover, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Now, do you think this is intended just to be a separate scene, a separate thing that happened with the Spectre, or is this alluding to the story we're about to have? Because the story actually, this does not follow from the story at all. Mm-mm, what no, do you think? It's a bait. It's a this is a bait and switch. It was just a really cool picture for Jim Apparel to draw. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. This does I, not I happen in the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jim Apparel showing off, which is fine by me because he's you know a master. <laughs> yeah. Because well, if I you mean... want to multiverse it, if you want to multiverse it, this is the Earth One version of the story, and what happens? And the next page starts the Earth Two version of the story. So, um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it jumps right into action here. There's no more Spectre, right? Mm-hmm. The next page, it's like, boom, you see those three yeah. guys, and they're breaking into uh, an estate here that has, like, high mm-hmm. walls, like uh, some very, very wealthy person, and they have a grappling hook here, like a la Batman, and they, they get over this gigantic wall, but there are attack dogs here, you know, guard dogs, but uh, they have a pistol with a, like, silencer or suppressor on it, and they shoot mm-hmm. the dogs. Yeah, I wrote that down. They are evil. Yeah. You shot the. Do- I don't. I don't. I don't care how you know, you know, growly the dogs are being. You don't shoot the dogs. Well, you're you, breaking into you their property. Not. <laughs> you deserve to get bit. That's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's hella evil. That's yeah. that's it. You know, they're they're they. I'm already like, okay, I'm not siding with you. I'm not taking your point of view on this at all. Got it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. <laughs> and maybe that was, and maybe that was the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That yeah. was the point. Yeah, I think it is. It's more of you know, oh, uh, let's uh, make these guys look super creepy and bad and evil. So when they get what's coming to them, everybody kind of cheers on the specter. I think that's why they did. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, that's right. why Fle- Fleischer yeah. did it. But yeah. So this next panel, uh, at the time of this recording, within a couple of days, I tweeted this next panel out. This just struck me as hilarious. Where there's a caption box that says, "Moments later." And the one guy says, come on, the pool's that way. <laughs> As if these guys are going to go take a little dip here. But uh, there's something a little more sinister than that going on, right? Just a, just a smidge. Yeah, I thought that was that was funny. Uh, <laughs> there, it's like, yeah, is, it, is it time for an evening? Maybe that's, maybe they're, they're uh, thermals for swimming. Yeah, like if you're gonna go mm-hmm. swimming in um uh, one of those polar bear events, you need that then. <laughs> a polar plunge, right? yeah. <laughs> Pol- polar bear, polar plunge marathon, uh, a triathlon. Sorry, a polar plunge triathlon. There you go. That's what you need it for. They're practicing. Mm. They're just practicing. It's that little known triathlon plus pistol shooting of dogs. So you know, it's like the biathlon with the triathlon. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they had to uh, but, get over you know, a wall, fight dogs. Yeah, they got. Now, what do they do in this next hook, scene here? Grappling hook with that they climb the rope, pistol to shoot the dogs. They got their thermal suits to go swimming, and then they get their pole for the pole vault. <laughs> yeah, what are they pole vaulting over here? This is they're, crazy. They are totally like like disgraced Olympians. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is this, gonna... an Earth, this is an Earth Two. This is the Earth Two Olympics. Got it. That's it. It's the Earth Two Quadrathlon. That's what this. <laughs> that's what this event is. 
This is almost like an Earth B story because then now now they have to pole vault over not an electric fence. Well, like they call it an electric eye fence all around the house where it's got these beams. Mm. And I don't know if it just if right. you walk through the beams, if it, you know, slices you up like a lightsaber a la Star Wars or it just sets off an alarm. I'm not sure what it does, but either way, they have a uh, build your build it yourself uh, pole here to do a pole vault over it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> the the first part of the pole is I hope that it's actually taller than I think I see three segments at least. OK, so that's maybe nine feet, maybe a nine foot pole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's yeah, that's that's high enough to need to get over a, a fence. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, was the fence yeah, look I, like I, maybe 12 feet high, 10, 12 feet high? Um, hmm, hard to say. Hard to say. Once yeah. you get up, well, holding the on. Okay, so on the next page, when he's holding the top, I'm gonna take it. He's holding the top segment. So that means he's somewhere between seven and nine feet up. Um, so it's you know, it's something you don't want to jump over, and you can't climb an electric beam. So yeah. I I see the practicality of it, but it's also kind of interesting. There's like you're good enough at pole vaulting that this is to be doing this gig. Oh. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'm a little fuzzy on is pole vaulters, uh, when they vault over, they let the pole go, and it usually just falls down, where this guy apparently takes right. it with him. <laughs> right. Like, that's pretty. That's some pretty good skills, though. I'll take that way. Yeah. There's some pretty good skills that do that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's interesting. So, But the other guys, I guess, pole vault over as well, and there's a little bit of a sinister mm-hmm. plot here, so the reason they wanted to go to the pool was not for any uh, moonlight skinny dipping. It was because they are mm-hmm. going to plant a bomb in the bottom of this guy's pool. So at first I'm thinking, huh, what? But they do make mention that, uh, you know, it's the, the bomb is set for 830 tomorrow morning as if uh, something somebody's going to be in there at 830 tomorrow morning as if they know the schedule right. here. So that's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see um, Lethal Weapon 2? I have, but that has been a long, 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 long time. Yeah, there was that. There was one of the policemen that the bad guys planted a bomb under her diving board, mm. and that's what they made me think of this one. Because gotcha. that's only you know not much, not much else besides there being a pool theme to go along with it. But that's what made me think of. Yeah, it's a really nice looking pool too. And then after they plant mm-hmm. the bomb, the, the guy says, "Okay, fun's over. Let's split." As if this was a lot of fun for them. <laughs> it's like uh, okay, disgraced, disgraced Olympians. Um, I also got to call out on this page that, man, um, I really think that Jim Apparel makes it the guy who's doing the pole vault. That position looks really pretty great. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good body position um, and handling how the uh, assassin looks underwater. I do like that effect. But, you know, this is Aquaman artist Jim yes. Apparel drawing this. So, of course, it looks great. Mm hmm. He's had so some like, practice. Yeah. Yeah. More, <laughs> more than a little. Uh, so it all and comes I, together really nice. And I like how they do have the bomb. You know, there's some uh, thought process uh, with Michael Fleischer here as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's got to be some kind of waterproof bomb and uh, the, the like clock here they have for a, a detonation device. But it has some kind mm-hmm. of magnets on the bottom of it. So it'll stick to the uh, little drain at the bottom of the pool, the metal drain at the bottom of the pool. So I was like, hey, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's some good 
thought here to make sure this works. Although, you know, the ticking of the bomb, that'll be a point in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute, I think. <laughs> well, <clears throat> next page, moments later, we see the three uh, uh, hoods here, and they are outside uh, the complex at their... It looks like they're in a bread truck, a bread van, <laughs> and they're taking <laughs> taking their masks off. And the two of them look like sketchy-looking dudes. And the other mm -hmm. one is a really cute girl. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. This is wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was going to ask you if you had any inkling that one of them was a woman from the previous page's artwork. Not at all. It was a shocker. And I think they meant it to be that way, too. But it was a it was a shock. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I, I will say for myself also, I did not see that coming. And so when it even happened, it's like, wait, was she here the whole time? Am, am I missing something? Was there another person here? Oh, no, she's one of the three. OK, she really was one of the three. OK, and I went back and looked it's like at no point with the. Um body types that they showed mm -hmm. for the three figures before did one of them across come across anything different they all look the same they are the same body yeah. type mm -hmm. so i think it was a i will go i will say that's a little bit of a cheat now i can buy it because they're all black ninja outfits do kind of hide what their bodies look like to any great detail so mm -hmm. I'll I'll even give it as as a part cheat and part I'm I'm undecided if it's a complete cheat or if it's just that Jim Apero playing the psychology of artwork that well and maybe he is it's like mm -hmm. oh, oh. I could I could buy it either way mm -hmm. um, yeah but yeah that I was could, just that was just a surprise I could definitely see Fleischer saying like yeah wait till the next page to reveal that one of them's a woman for a little like dun 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 kind of a uh, you know moment here which is funny because they're you know the, the two in the first panel the two guys have their masks off but uh we'll hear this woman's name vera does not and she's uh saying tomorrow morning you boys open up your salon like nothing happened business as usual and the one guy says don't worry we know what to do and then the next page is or the next i'm sorry panels when you see this uh, woman vera uh with her mask off and she's she says, I have an early morning modeling appointment, so we'll all be in the clear. Now, let's get out of here. I need my beauty rest. <laughs> and the one guy says, ha, ha, okay, Vera, let's go. <laughs> and, and so the next morning, so what did you think of this? I thought this was interesting that Fleischer chose to make the two male crooks here uh, mm -hmm. hairstylists. I thought that was interesting because I think, uh, back in the 70s, I kind of feel like that was a bit of a bold choice because you could have made them mechanics or lawyers or anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I thought that was a, an interesting choice. I, I I definitely think it was interesting also. I mean, we can see where it's going to go in terms of the story. <laughs> One of the things that we get that, you know, we're able to do in the story, thanks to it being um, taking place at a, a salon. Mm -hmm. Um as well as what happens with Vera being a model and what that leads to that yeah. part of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was also a thing where I was going like, wait, your salon? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just, a, it was just a very interesting and just, uh, I, I do give him credit for like not making a big deal about it. It's like, just, just throwing it in, just throwing it into the story and just going yeah. forward. 
because they don't yeah. need these three characters don't need to overly explain it. I like the fact that they aren't overly explaining this. We aren't getting a huge info dump. It's just like one little word here and there. And we know what these three people do when they're not going around being murdery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I think that was really nicely played uh, and, and works well for just keeping the story moving. You know, we got to keep it brisk. Got it. You don't you only have 18 pages. Got to keep it going. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty great. Yeah. But of a bold choice there. I, that was actually mm-hmm. a little more shocking yeah. to me than Vera, the woman being one of the yeah. killers. <laughs> it's it's like, definitely wow. not. Yeah, it's definitely doesn't. It's definitely not predictable. No, uh, it's definitely it definitely falls outside the the stereotypes we would have had for who might be pulling this sort. What kind of day jobs you'd have for someone who's going to be doing uh, this kind of crooked thing on the side. But that's mm-hmm. also kind of the thing is that. With these kind of jobs, do you really need to be doing crooked things on the side? I don't know. <laughs> really? Do you, really? Yeah. But it's like maybe they just don't get as much money as we think. Maybe it's like the the money was the factor. It's like just how mm-hmm. much money was involved there. But it's like also how would these people necessarily have the skills? That where's the crossover between these skill sets? I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which also says this is just their side hustle. They just, they honest, they all, the three of them must have a side hustle that, that this is their thing. Yeah, so they look <laughs> by like day, <laughs> by stylist. day, <laughs> by day, come down to our salon. Mm-hmm. We have all, night, we, we can give you all the, we have all the perm equipment you need right here. Uh, <laughs> but by night. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, that's the very next panel. He's uh, cutting mm-hmm. some woman's hair, uh, Eric. And uh, he says, it's you, mom smashingly you and she says why thank you eric and she's looking at a mirror at herself (laughs) (laughs) and then vera here too Mm cold-blooded killer and she's modeling a dress the next day and getting her picture taken and the photographer says that's it vera that's it now pout a little more for me will (laughs) you oh my gosh but but the payoff but then here's the payoff right you know the the Mm -hmm. the, we're, we're back at the pool and then apparel does put a little clock in each panel, one says eight fifteen, one says eight twenty, yeah. one says eight twenty-five, and again, we know they set the uh, bomb to go off at eight thirty because it's a ritual mm-hmm. of this person apparently to at eight twenty-five every day, like clockwork, get in her pool and go for a little uh, dip before work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. And this is crazy scene here, right? We see the guy jump in and he's doing the backstroke and tick, 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 and the next thing you know, right? Look at that panel at the bottom. Wow. Oh. And mm. can you even see the body flying just, up in the air? <laughs> the silhouette of his body, because like we great thing that show he didn't just as gay. But we just don't have mm-hmm. the we don't have the blood and guts sort of things like nah 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 he he doesn't need to do that because <laughs> it's just effective this way. Yeah. Now here's the thing: we got the tick 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 of that bomb down at the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm. Pools carry sound very well, so mm-hmm. even doing the backstroke after he dives in and gets the backstroke, plenty of time to be saying, wait. What's that ticking sound? Because it'll also be like, because it'll be like loud in the water. Not, you wouldn't hear it above the water, but once you're in the water, it would be a loud ticking sound. 
And so I was like, he just didn't notice. Or mm-hmm. there's something else about him. We, or maybe he, or maybe his hearing's a problem. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it must be a pretty loud tick because see, look at, see how big those letters are. Those letters are really big. Yeah, you would think when he was submerged, he'd be able to hear it. Or maybe even when he dove in, see it, right? I mean. Yeah. But he does right. not, and that is his doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Look, he gets blown they imply up. This pool is not that, it, yeah, and they implode, blah. They implied this pool is not that big based upon the previous panel. It doesn't look no. that big Mm-mm. from the shape no. of it. No, it doesn't. Like, I'm thinking maybe, maybe 20 feet in diameter. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's about it. But you know, the bomb goes off, and that's the end of mm-hmm. our buddy here. And inside the house, we hear this father. Oh my God! Oh my dear God! And we see uh, his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gwendolyn Sterling. And then the next thing you know, later, and Detective Jim Corrigan and the cops are here, and uh, he uh, needs mm-hmm. to ask her some questions, and he starts questioning her, and everything's to be everything seems to be uh, going fine here. Like there, there's no suspicion on my part with. Uh, Gwendolyn here like she didn't try to like do it or hire these men or anything like that but uh, uh, she does mm-hmm. name uh, his her father's business partner and thinking maybe he's behind this and you know Corrigan's like okay uh, I'll, I'll, I suspect everybody but I'll uh, definitely uh, check this guy out and then all of a sudden he says but you've been a great help Miss Sterling if I come up with anything else I'll and she goes couldn't you call me Gwen Lieutenant and he goes sure Gwen thank mm-hmm. you you've been very cooperative now it's time I and she starts to come on to him. Now, isn't this a little uh-huh. weird? <laughs> it's kind of weird. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Fleischer, uh, this really is weird. This doesn't really fit. <laughs> this is moving very fast. Mm-hmm. It's Your dad very, just got blown up. Very pieces. fast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and she's wearing her swimsuit the whole time and mm-hmm. just having a, a, a shirt over her shoulders. Um, as a token way of keeping herself warm, but it's like, ee, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's def it's it's so rushed. I mean, it's <laughs> any sort of thing about her being attracted to Corgan. It's like feels very rushed. Like, and why are you coming on to the detective who's investigating your dad's death? <laughs> You've just met him. Yeah, this and it's a not a little bit much. Yeah, and it's not like she's being coy about it either. She's like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a wife or girlfriend? She comes right out and asks him that. And he goes, <laughs> right. I'm not really free to get involved with a woman, Gwen, as much as I might like to be. Now you take it easy. I'll be in touch if anything breaks. And I'm thinking, uh, yes, Jim, not only that, she is, you know, uh, a witness and maybe even a suspect in a murder case here too. So you probably don't want to date yeah. her for that reason either. Yeah. There might be a little bit of a conflict of interest there. <laughs> That and, you're a ghost. And, you in know. Another, <laughs> and, and in another story, Vera would have name dropped the business partner, Maxwell Flood, as a way to redirect the police mm-hmm. to somebody from else. Her. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. while she's the one who really pulled it off. But it's like, that's not what happens in this story. We're not spoiled. You, know, you all, it's, everybody who's listening here, you know, we expect that you've read this by now if you're listening. <laughs> well, I thought this part was unintentionally funny the way jim phrases i'm not really free to get involved with a woman gwen it's like okay so what are you free to get involved with jim Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) not not that i'm gonna not there's no judgment here i just you are kind of opening the door to the question 
So yeah, circus animals. I mean, what is he into? Yeah. Uh... I mean... <laughs> We're not, I'm not here to kink shame. Sorry, Jim. Exactly. I mean, you're you're a ghost. So mm-hmm. goblins, uh, poltergeists. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's funny. He says that, and then he's like, exit stage left. And he goes booking out of there like, I got to get out right. of here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know if he uh, couldn't control himself or what, but he went booking out yeah. of there. And I like how it says, much later that day. And he says, oh. Gwen said, oh, go ahead. Well, we do need to note how big Jim Corrigan's tie is. My goodness. Oh, yes. This, That's not, this, yeah. this is a 70s <laughs> tie. Man, it's all black. It's all mm-hmm. black. But... It is probably, you know, uh, six inches wide at the bottom. It's a pretty impressive tie. Yeah, like kind of one of the ones your pap would wear. Yeah, those are that's a big mm-hmm. tie, man. That's a big tie. Yeah. But he does look really good. His like apparel even has detail mm-hmm. in his hair and everything. It's it, it does look yes. fantastic, but that tie is huge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, he goes blasting out of there and goes to the business office, I guess, where uh, Gwendolyn's father and this uh, Maxwell Flood guy uh, have their mm-hmm. business. And he says, Gwen said this guy flood likes to work late. That's good. The specter works best without an audience. And he changes into the specter, but this is a really good visual by apparel. So we have Corrigan, mm-hmm. then he kind of changes into the specter. And then he changes into like an image, a ghost, uh, ghostly image of Gwen's dad. And he's going to go in there and start accusing flood of murder just to see what he says and does to kind of read them to see if, you know, maybe she's right. And he is the uh, one who uh, murdered him or at least, you know, plotted it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, I did have to go and do a little bit of digging just for the fun on the Googles about these names. So mm-hmm. Maxwell Flood, no other mention here. Uh, it kept coming up with matches on Maxwell Lord. No surprise that. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. And n- perhaps and perhaps in a, in Earth, too. This is who Maxwell Lord's dad is. Uh don't know. But uh <laughs> and now for um Gwen what's the last name? Um Sterling. Sterling. For Gwen Sterling. Yeah, n- no other hits on that except that apparently Gwen's gonna, might be around for a while in this series. Just mm-hmm. that's what I was getting the impression of. Mm-hmm. Now the now the dad, Adrian Sterling. The dad is not all is also not really consequential he does not make any further appearances however the name adrian sterling is also the name of a woman who appeared in the jonah hex series in the issue starting with issue number 87 and for a couple of issues she was a woman who worked above the saloon wink wink nudge nudge say no more Mm-hmm. And became a love interest of Jonah, and those stories also written by Michael Flesher. Oh wow, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like that name. It's like if it if there's Roy Thomas would make a connection between these two characters. I cannot, but Roy Thomas would do it. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just too funny, and it's also like, did he? Uh, Flesher intentionally used the same name again or was it just like he didn't remember using the name before uh, I, I don't know I don't know I'm I'm not I don't really want I'm kind of just like noticing it more than I want to have those questions answered it would kind of take the fun away from it yeah. just being the fun like because yeah. <laughs> when you look at the at the artwork for 
Adrian in the Jonah Hex story. It's like, yeah, she's a, uh, she's dressed for business. I'll just put it that way. She is dressed for business. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wonder if he did that intentionally to be funny or to see if anybody yeah. would notice or what. Definitely. If, if it was for, for noticing, it's like, yeah, he, he did not. If he had lived to see the internet world, it, like, he would have, <laughs> he would have known that LEP would have noticed by then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, Corrigan, he does like uh, come after this guy and say to him, like, why did you kill me? I was your partner. And he's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I didn't. I swear. And he just keeps, you know, deny till you die kind of mentality. And then the specter creeps out of there, but immediately he gets on the phone and calls the killers up and was like, Hey, somebody's on to me. You know, the, uh, the, the ghost of uh, Sterling was just here harassing me. And that Eric guy that answers the phone, he's just like, what are you talking about? And he goes, look, you yeah. better come over right away to the salon. And he goes, make sure you aren't followed. And Eric says to the other guy, that was flood. He's completely lost his marbles. <laughs> he's coming over now. We'll have to get rid of him before he goes completely crackers and blabs his story to the law. <laughs> oh, I love this it. This is some, this is some harsh, um, uh, noir storytelling, right? Yeah. Here. Oh my gosh. Really, yeah. really going into noir storytelling. I love it so much. Um, the bad guys and 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 uh, how they're acting here, and the fact that just this this supernatural element is secondary to that part of it. I mean, this story still works the same way without the specter in here. You could still see it happening. Oh, yeah. In fact, the specter feels almost like overkill for this story, considering how the powerful the specter is. It's like mm-hmm. this is what he's doing with his time. My mm-hmm. goodness. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and well, you know, and um, Maxwell's tie also sufficiently large so yeah i mean there there's definitely some tie envy going on in this book um but <laughs> his, his shaking and sweating uh and just how creepy the ghost looks it's like oh the depiction of the ghost in, in these various panels is just on point you can really see how great jim apparel is at coloring also, I, I assume he's the colorist on this, but maybe he's not. He said there was no credit for it, but I assume yeah. he was. Yeah. See, I'm not sure because I, I know Marvel yeah. did that for a long time, too. They didn't credit colorists. And usually yeah. it was either like Marie Severin or Stan Goldberg, somewhere like somebody like that was like mm, a, in the studio office or whatever. So I don't know if somebody, you know, was right there to do it and they just didn't give them mm-hmm. credit or it was, you know, a freelance thing. I'm not sure. Or maybe Apparel did it. I'm not sure. Right. Well, I'll, I'll change my statement. Whoever did the coloring really knocked it out of the park on the top panel with the ghost and the green wall in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, that looks so good. Uh, so I, yeah. I'm just I'm just loving that. And like the scratchy lines that Apero is using for the ghostly parts, uh, you know, like the little background in the second panel. Oh, that's yeah. so good. So amazing. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, yeah, he takes off and uh, gets in his car, and Aparo does draw really awesome cars. So we see the car right. speeding off, and there's all this, like, dust and exhaust and everything flying behind it, and the specter is also flying right over the top, and he says, run, evil parasite. You cannot escape the specter. So the specter's got some good insults here, parasites, and he's going to have another mm-hmm. good one here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Flood shows up, and they're like, hey, come on in, man. You need to calm down. Let's go in the back and, you know, have a drink and chill out, Dan. He goes into the back, and I'm a little fuzzy on what's going on here. So he goes into the back, and the guy, Eric, pulls the drapes, and he's like, calm down, Flood. Tell me everything the ghost said word for word, will you? 
And then Flood's like, he said that, and he's got something in his hand, and I don't know what that is. I, I zoomed in on this with the with our um, completely legit digital copies of this book. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, full disclosure, everybody. Uh, this issue is not available on DCU Infinite either. It, 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 it's a bizarre gap in yeah. the adventure comics because they have the issue before and they have like almost all the issues after this one, but not this one. Yeah, they're missing like two or three issues out of 10 only, which is bizarre because yeah. this thing's been put in trade a bunch of times. So it's right. not like they don't have the the, the artwork or the, the scans or whatever. They have them. So yeah. I, I don't and know what's going on there. I can't think that the content is particularly um, deserving of you know being censored either. I don't really think it was like left out intentionally. I think that they just <laughs> couldn't get it to work or something so, so it just or fell through the cracks i don't know but regardless the so the thing he's got there if you look really closely you can kind of make out a the letters ta and then the word dryer at the top of the of the unit um okay and i think that before the t it's the hint of a letter r so i'm thinking Porta dryer, like a portable dryer. So it's a mm, hair, like a hair dryer. It's a hair dryer. Yeah, it's a handheld hair dryer, is what we're trying to get across. Not, and I'm making a lot of you know suppositions and leave logic what the actual word is, but that's what I would have. To, the, the dryer part alone kind of sells it to me that it's a hair dryer. What we what we would well, call a hair dryer today. Yeah, um, I mean, is, this is still kind of relatively new handheld technology back in the you know seventy three. Yeah, I haven't had to use one of those for a very long time. So that's probably why it struck me as odd being like, what is this thing? <laughs> well, my <laughs> wife uses my wife uses one every day. So I can't I, that's the reason I know that she what they are. And I personally my 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 hair gets dry with a with a washcloth. Then it's dry. See, there you go. <laughs> Just a just a little slight breeze in mine's dry. Yeah, it's not yeah, they, a problem. But <laughs> exactly. But it uses the cord to choke the crap out of them and kill them, I assume. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and his and Maxwell's faces when he's getting killed there. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's like, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, the gape, eyes wide open. Yeah, he's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And then after he kills the guy, he looks into the mirror, and there's the specter in the mirror. And he goes, huh? That face in the mirror. What in blazes is it? And that's one of my favorite expressions, by the way. Mm -hmm. Blazes. Uh, mm -hmm. And he goes, the specter comes through the mirror and says, it is my face, putrid villain. <laughs> putrid. Yeah, awesome. Great work. So, so also, uh, unsaid, Spectre could hear his thoughts. Mm -hmm. And just which of course he could, but it's still just, you know, yes, it's it's unnerving when you realize that oh yeah, he could hear his thoughts. Ooh. Yeah, and then but the yeah. guy I like how the guy exclaims, "What? I must be seeing things. It's not possible." And the Spectre looks at him and goes, "In the land beyond the living, all things are possible." And he goes, "Please, mm -hmm. what are you going to do?" And he gestures at him. And of course, again, these these guys work at a hair salon, so he has a pair of like you know hairstylist scissors, those like real long ones, mm -hmm. in his pocket. And the specter like kind of waves his hand, and they come out of his pocket, and they turn into like King Kong sized scissors. Mm -hmm. And and then what happens? Well, the scissors grip around the sides of Peter's body, and he's pushing against them, and the um. The lettering of him screaming no, no, no is chilling, to put it mildly. 
so yeah, he's a uh, um, he's in, he's about to be scissored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next panel on the next page uh, is just chuck, and the scissors now, go shut. <laughs> yeah, before before I get onto that, I just want to also give a quick shout out for uh, Apero's physique of the Spectre in the previous page because my goodness, you can see like he is ripped. Oh yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> got abs and lots, lots of detail. Yep. Yeah, there's lots of detail on that. So it's, oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, on the next panel again, we don't see the scissors, but they do clearly chuck and close, clamping shut, and you know, go snap the man into. Oh my goodness. This is not the first time I've encountered the specter using scissors to um, bifurcate somebody. I, oh, okay. this, I could swear this is not the only time that it's happened. And the specter has a thing for that, I think. Uh, mostly because it's, it's darn scary. Well, maybe he yearns to be a stylist as well. You never know. Oh, maybe he was a frustrated stylist and then had to become a cop. Oh <laughs> yeah. man! Well, he that, yeah, this guy that would answer he, so much. Yeah, Eric cried out for his buddy. Oh my God, Peter, help me! But uh, till Peter comes in, it's too late because all he can see is his buddy mm -hmm. Eric. And again, probably because of the comics code, you, you can't see. You just see the body, and there's like drapes wrapped around him. But mm -hmm. you do see the scissors sticking out the other end, as if they snipped shut and cut him in half. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a he. Uh, yeah, Apero's just delivering on the horror of this scene. Mm, and it says soon. And <laughs> Peter tries to get a hold of Vera here as she's uh, on the runway. And he's like, Vera, mm -hmm. I've got to talk to you. And she goes, Peter, what are you doing here? I can't talk to you now. I'll be on my on stage any second. I'll meet you later at my place. Now, scram. She tells him like a little kid. And, yeah, and he... yeah. Also, now, Peter is a is also much calmer in these two scenes than I would be. Yeah, I oh, would yeah. be a hot mess. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be whispering to Vera. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like, Vera, Vera, oh my God, you, you won't believe it. I <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have took scram to just, and okay, sure, I'll leave. No, I would be like, no, listen to me. Like, and yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be his thinking, hysterical. Yeah, and because after the moments later, Peter's thinking, I'll just walk over to, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then for some reason here, I did find this interesting. So, in mm -hmm. to my knowledge, that I now this is I'm just trying to remember. I haven't read the series or these issues in like years, except for the 431. Um, mm -hmm. I I feel like the Spectre usually just goes after everybody in the gang or whatever here and kills them all mm -hmm. one by one. But in this one, he doesn't. He kills. Well, we'll we'll get to it here. He, he kills Eric, and then yeah. he just leaves. And then while yeah. this Peter mm -hmm. guy's just aimlessly walking around, he confronts him as Corrigan, the cop, and is like, hey, it's poli the police. Freeze. And, well, lucky for us, yeah. uh, Gwendolyn is walking right by, too, or driving right by. And uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the guy jumps in the car and grabs her by the hair and has a gun and he's threatening her like he's going to kill her. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. right in front of her, Corrigan changes into the Spectre, which I thought this mm -hmm. was wild. I'm like, wow. So she knows he's the Spectre now. Yeah, now, this is an interesting bit, too, uh, from a language point, is that Peter says, he's quite right, love. Use the word love. And mm -hmm. earlier, Eric called the client um, mom. Was that right? Mom, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Maybe this is in England. Are, well, more like, are they British? 
could be, but you know, usually well, when they hmm. would say love, it's usually L U V when they're trying to make you know, like understand it's British. Yeah, <laughs> now definitely nowadays, definitely nowadays. Yeah. I've just I was kind of giving some leeway for maybe in the seventies they didn't quite exaggerate it as much to mm. say, to do it that way. Now, if you uh, would have called Corey interesting. Gov- governor, then for sure they were British. Well, he does call him a copper. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. Now, if you would have called him he a didn't Bobby, call him a Bobby, it's, a, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he changes right there, whoosh, like right into the specter, and right. now I'm the specter, and the guy's like, "What's happening? I'm choking. What's happening to me? I feel hot. I can't breathe." And he, he just basically turns this guy into a pile of sand, right? Yeah, that's what it's he does. Creepy. And yeah, I now the scissors thing, I get that from an ironic death sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, what was the point of sand? <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, it. Jim then has a little quick discussion here with uh, Gwendolyn to try to, like, chill her out and basically say, listen, I can't talk about this right now. Like, forget it. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And. We get another ironic death with Vera here on the runway, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Where he, where the specter just basically, while invisible, and she's on stage at a fashion show in front of an audience and ages her to death. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can't see him either. He's like still in like a ghost form where no yeah. one can see him, not even Vera. And he thinks, or I'm sorry, yeah, he thinks to himself, eternity awaits you, villainess. And she says, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And why is that poor girl screaming? And I don't know. I can't see anything. And she thinks to herself, what's happening to me? Why do I feel so old? So very, very gasp. My Lord, she looks like she's died of old age. And she literally like, yeah, he mm-hmm. like sucked the life yeah. right out of her. She looks like she's 100 years old. Yeah. Again, audience not reacting as horrified as I would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more shock and uh, surprise that should be expressed here than why she looks as though she's died of old age. <laughs> hey, you think call an ambulance, no. call a doctor or something <laughs> or, or, Oh my God. Call, um, uh, um, um, environmental control or something. Is there a virus loose in this building? <laughs> Yeah, it's really creepy, but like I said, yeah, some of the reactions don't really seem to uh, yeah. pass the sniff test here. <laughs> now, yeah, and so, yeah, now the overall thing, too, is I, I I was trying to piece it together myself, too, like you were doing. It's like, it's really interesting that he did turn back into Corrigan specifically to confront Peter as opposed to staying the specter the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. Um, now, I could kind of see a little bit of some rules to how he's acting here, just a little bit in that he didn't just come in and kill Eric immediately. He waited until after Eric killed Maxwell and then killed him. True. So he did establish him as a murderer in his presence before killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was still a little short on Peter's involvement, but once Peter threatened Gwen, oh, all bets are off and he's going to go and he's going to die. So, 
you have that. Um, yeah. Hold on just a second. I have my mm -hmm. bat. My low battery light has come on. Hold on just a second. There we go. Crisis averted. All right. And <laughs> but then there's Vera, whose only crime was that Peter had talked to her. As far mm -hmm. as the specter knows. Well, now the specter. OK, we have thought reading. All right. Uh, I, that is perhaps the you know, we can't if that's going to be the answer, then, you know, basically he doesn't need proof at all. Why does he need proof for any of these things? Right. So I don't really know where he would have gotten evidence about Vera being part of this plot from what we saw in the story. Mm hmm. Yeah. So he's got some, but I can see that the rules he followed for the first two, but I, but they don't jive with his treatment of and murder of Vera at the end. And I, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely murder. It was funny what you said before about him, about the specter just basically murdering criminals. It's like, it's also kind of just definitely murder in the fact that excite. If we weren't the readers, we wouldn't know why the specter killed these people. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause he hasn't like solved the crime yet as Corrigan or anything like that. I think mm -hmm. there are a couple of issues and maybe that first one, it even happened where the police were aware and there were like warrants out for the arrests of the people he then killed or something like that before they got mm -hmm. arrested. I think that 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 does happen sometimes, but not in this issue. It didn't. There was mm -hmm. literally literally no evidence whatsoever that these people are the ones that, you know, did the killing, but they're dead anyway because right. he he mm -hmm. knew they did. So I guess there's just a massive amount of dead people in whatever city this is uh, and whatever mm -hmm. universe. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because of the specter. And <laughs> and it's and it's and it's not like I'm saying it's it's a bad choice. No, it's fine because you when you take it as fact that this is a horror story. <laughs> this is not mm -hmm. a superhero story. No, the, the specter has acted like a superhero, but he's not a superhero necessarily. No. And definitely no. not in this story. Is he supposed to be the superhero? No, he is just the wrath of God, as we as uh, Ostrander's series would put it. And he is just exacting vengeance upon these people. And evidence is not the important part. The vengeance is. So mm -hmm. it's just, it is pretty crazy. When, when, you look, when, I, when you look through it for the superhero lens, like, what? But it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's just these people did bad things. They're going to die. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. They're, they're, they're going to get to what's coming to them. But what do you think mm -hmm. of that last page there? Wow. Pretty neat, huh? Oh, it's a pretty great page. It's a pretty big page. Um, well, we have the, you know, first we have the, the contrast of the, the extremely aged Vera uh, lying on the floor. Mm, and creepy. then um, Gwen walking away, looking very sad, and the specter hovering above her way off in the distance in the background. Mm. Oh, it's, a, it's, just, it's a knockout of a page. Knock of a page. Uh, I kind of like the fact that that inset panel, you know, it's kind of like, makes it kind of like an L shape with the other panel. It gives mm -hmm. us a chance to fit both of them very nicely, but still um, convey more of more of the story and in an efficient amount of space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice That's, layout there. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. really great stuff. 
Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. And again, the, the mm-hmm. stories, yeah, the stories are are wild, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the the apparel artwork is just to die for. He and I'll say it again. He to me is like a DC's uh, Gene Colan. He always had mm. mood, and you know, it was great with like horror and suspense and this kind of stuff. I I think it was you know he could draw anything just like Gene could as well. But uh, to me, that's the stuff of his I like best is these kind of stories mm. where it's just, Oh, it's just so great. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about it. And these are ones I have not read as much of. So I'm grateful to you pulling this one to my attention because man, it, it, it's showing a different kind of things that I'm so used to his superhero fair, his Batman fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this is a very different kind of take different kind of story for him. It's like, Oh, but you can see how he shines. Um, how 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 his stuff comes through. It's funny because when you look at like the cover of the trade paperback, The Wrath of the Spectre, mm-hmm. um, he almost looks, I mean, he looks angry, but it's almost a boring image, It's which is sad. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. It's a little bit of a static image. It's just, you know, the the upper body of the, of the Spectre, him reaching for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a, it's an intimidating pose, but it's not a horror pose. It's not a scary pose. No. Um, but when you look at what he's doing on the in, what he did on the interiors for this book, it's like, wow, just, yeah. you know, just knocking it out of the park. I almost wish they would put that trade back in print because it's out of print for a long time and it's mm. crazy expensive. And there's actually a story mm. in there that wasn't in the adventure comic series. I don't know if it just oh, wow. got printed in that trade or in those, you know, Wrath of the Spectre single issues that recounted all this stuff, but there's an extra story mm-hmm. that's not in these adventure comics that's in those reprints and then that trade that collects all those reprints, and I really want to read it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll reprint it. Who knows? Or, you know, hey, how about you finish off the mm-hmm. run on the app and put it on the app, DC? Yay. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I'd be up with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. The title of this story is The Anguish of the Spectre. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're supposed to think that his anguish is not being able to have a relationship with Gwen. Unless I'm missing something. Is is that what the anguish is supposed to be? I'm assuming because otherwise there's really nothing in this story for him to have anguish about. He just It's not mm-hmm. like he ever makes a comment like, Oh, I hate having to turn into the Spectre and do this. It's almost like he he just mm-hmm. does it, and the inspect and the the Spectre enjoys it. So it's it's not like there's any anguish like the Hulk. Like, oh no, I'm going to get angry and turn into the Hulk and smash and destroy stuff, and I really don't want to do that. There's none of that here. So I no. I guess it would be about the relationship thing. Hmm. Yeah. I I don't know what else it would be, and <clears throat> it's kind of interesting that that alone is the only thing that really hints that Jim Corrigan even feels upset about that. He can't have a relationship with Gwen or with any yeah. woman, but he doesn't really get into it. We don't really get to hear, uh, hear it from his point of view very much. No, Mm-mm. he just kind of dismisses Gwen when she tries to come on to him and leaves. Yeah. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't talk about it ever again throughout the issue. And, you know, well, the only other time he sees her is when she's pulling up in the car and, the you know the hood kind of grabs her and is like trying to use her as like you know a hostage situation here right mm-hmm. mm. so yeah that's that must be what it's about but you know again yeah. 
who knows? <laughs> little, <laughs> Maybe it's a little over title. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little overselling though that plot point through the title. Yeah. I guess. Oh yeah. Back. That's all. That's all I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, absolutely. But although, although knowing that Gwen is going to return does make you go. Will we get it? Is this a hint that? Oh no, we're going to explore this more later. This is just the. We're just giving you a taste now. We're not going mm-hmm. full on on it yet. It's like, yeah, oh, okay. I think, right. yeah, I think right. they do. I think they do a little bit. Yeah. I, if I'm remembering correctly, like I said, I don't, I try not to when I'm going through like a, a series or something like that, read too far ahead. I like it to be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fresh when yeah. I'm writing things down and everything. So I didn't read ahead, but I do think she shows up and there is more to it. I don't know that he ever does get into a relationship with her or if she's just constantly chasing after him or what's going on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is, there is something to it. So maybe he becomes like the, uh, the, the, the tortured soul because he, he can't be with her. Right. So, yep, yeah, yep. interesting, interesting. So, all right, well, mm-hmm. that is uh, going to wrap us up, man. I thank you for being on. This was a lot of fun. I know you're a big apparel fan, so I didn't have to oh, yeah. uh, coax you too much. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you really didn't have to twist my arm. You, mm-hmm. you, you did not have to, you know, turn into a pair of scissors and, you know, <laughs> chase, chase you me down. towards the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Get up there and read this comic book. No, no. <laughs> or chunk like, your <laughs> Yes. Yes, I will gladly read this comic book. No, thank you, because this was this is a really great read. Uh, I I enjoyed reading it. It's it's hard to say you enjoy a book that is all this scary and uh creepy. Um but it's like, no, I still had a good time. It was a great time with this one. Cool. So all right, well, let's talk about Batman and the Outsiders. So uh the outcasters, I'm sorry. <laughs> a, uh, it's just always a slip of the tongue to say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's but, why uh, I chose it. I chose yeah. it to confuse people as much as possible because <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a monster. I'm just a monster. Mm, so yeah, like as, yes. of, as of this recording, you had uh, episode 35 come out where you talked about issue 32. So yeah, what's uh, mm-hmm. what's what's that show all about, right? Batman and the Outsiders. Yeah. So the Outcasters. It's our show that appears on uh, WON, the Right On Network. Uh, and it's our podcast that covers that's been covering Batman and the Outsiders from the very beginning. And yes, we just reached issue 32, which is the final issue of that volume titled Batman and the Outsiders. But yes, coming up after, uh, next month, we'll be continuing into Adventures of the Outsiders from the same volume. And then further on down the line, we'll get to the Baxter series of the Outsiders. So plenty more outsider goodness on the way. And uh, yeah, so that features myself and AJ Wright, my podcasting uh, um, uh, commissioner, uh, chief of staff, uh, you know, <laughs> Grand Papuba. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, and you can find us there. Um, and you can find our, our website covers all these shows. It's thehunterspodcast.com because the show shares the feed with the Hunters Podcast. Um, and you also can find us on the Podcatchers of Choice by searching for the Hunters podcast or right on network. And you can find that show's Twitter feed at bat outcasters. And you can find me on Twitter at Tim price one seven. And I also should mention the other show that I do regularly on the right on network and saying words like regularly sometimes feels weird. You know, it's mm-hmm. a weird word to say. It is. That's why I slowed down when I said it regularly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where we have the other show is the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast, where we cover stories um, about our favorite Batgirl, Cassandra Kane. We are right now covering issues of Batgirls 
that are being published monthly from DC right now as we speak, covering books that are out and new today. What madness is that? <laughs> uh, but it's been a great read and lots of fun. So we've been enjoying that very much. So you can find that on the same feed, the Hunters Podcast and the HuntersPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And then you're floating around on other shows too now and again too. So, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're always, I, I, uh, I pod crash into other people's places all the time and make a mess and, you know, and, and makes things go boom. And then I run away laughing. It's kind of your specialty, right? <laughs> In, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, all right. Well, once again, Tim, thanks for joining me. This was an absolute blast. Uh, maybe we'll uh, jump on another issue down the road here. And then definitely uh, got to have you on to talk about another uh, zany Haney as well. So we'll we'll uh, have to make some uh, evil plans to uh, do that uh, after we're done recording. <laughs> I would love to do that. All right, my friend. Thank so, you. yeah, we're going to get out of here and then I'll come back in to wrap things up in a minute. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Or for a real challenge, build King Kong on top of the Twin Towers. When you're finished, they make a great addition to any kid's room. complete with easy to follow picture instructions by Migo. Okay, everybody, that's another episode uh, down the drain here. So uh, once again, I want to thank my friend uh, Tim Price for being on. Tim's a great guy. I love having Tim on the show. Uh, you know, he loves talking comics. So definitely check out everything on the Right On Network with him, uh, uh, the Outcasters, and everything else he has going on over there with uh, that crew you know laurel and uh, everybody else over there so definitely check his stuff out and definitely uh you know keep your eyes open because uh, every monday i'm going to be having an episode come out now from bronze age of horror comics you know whether it's Tomb of dracula world by night dc anthologies dead man specter uh, there's going to be something coming your way every monday so thanks for listening as always see ya mm-hmm.